0: To start off today, what I want to do, talking about this idea, of this progression, local and then regional and and then uh, global idea, is I've invited somebody to come and he's going to share with us about five minutes about a local missions opportunity that all of us or any of us can get involved in. So John, I invite you to come forward. You guys know John, give John a hand, John Blasik. You guys have seen him around church for quite a while and he is going to share with us about a local ministry opportunity.
1: Thank you very much, Pastor. Uh, my name is John Blazek, and what I want to talk I'm a chaplain and have been for about five years at the jail. but what I want to talk to you about is an addiction program that we're running. It's called Breaking the Chains of Addiction. It's an RU program. It was started nineteen years ago in Rockford, Illinois. Um, it's kind of phenomenal because right now, they have over a 1,000 chapters, of which we are a chapter here in Ozaki County. Um, <clears throat> the program runs about 14 months. Those that go completely through the program, which is two out of three that actually make it through the program, the recovery without relapse is 90%. Praise Jesus because He gets all the glory. It's what happens. We have uh, the program. Our pro uh, the program for the uh, open to the public is over. Uh, we're using the Vineyard Church. We do a Friday night, a Wednesday night, and a Sunday late morning program for these people. Uh, we also have. Uh, two programs running right now in the jail, one for the women, one for the men. We are about to start, it'll probably be July before we'll be able to do it, but we'll be starting a second group in the jail for the men. We have that many people. We have had the guards tell our people that they can see a change, especially with the women. It's day and night difference. They're very excited uh, about it. The RU program down in, in Rockford, they have a home if people need in-house treatment, okay? They have a home for with 100 beds for men, and they have a dorm also for the women with 60 beds, um, and they are available for people that need it. I want to talk about addiction a little bit. Um, And uh, the definition, the actual definition of addiction is a strong or harmful need to regularly have something such as drugs or such as gambling. You can be addicted to TV. You can be addicted to overeating, video games, TV shows. Addictions affect all of us. And if we ourselves don't have an addiction, somebody that we know does, okay? Uh, and, and people sitting in this church have an addiction. I'd like to give you a, um, a little background on myself. Um, I uh, I was a functioning, addicted person. And the reason I call it a functioning is because a lot of us are functioning, whether it be alcohol or drugs. Uh, My marriage was on the rocks, just about ruined. Um, I had no place else to turn except to God. And I turned to the Lord, and he truly pulled me up by my bootstraps. There is not a matter of fact. There are some chemicals they don't even make that I have ingested over the years. They don't even make them anymore. So I've been there. I've done that. Uh, And, yeah, I was functioning. I was still working, trying to keep things alive. But without Jesus, you can't do it. And with Jesus, not only did I walk away from all those addictions, and I had lots of them. Usually when you get one, you get two and three, and it leads to more and more. And I I was there. But Jesus Christ made the difference. Uh, You know, sometimes we don't realize that a neighbor or a relative or a friend is is fighting an addiction because we only see the fake side they put on, okay? And we all wear a a facade, okay? Everyone has a facade. Um, one of the things um, with our U is the whole program is to help them come to the point of realizing that Jesus is the answer, okay? there's two reasons I'm here today. One is to tell you about the RU program and where we meet, and I'm going to stay after church. I'll be out probably having breakfast in one of the corners, but I brought some materials with me and some information about our program. So I'll be able to do that. But the biggest problem that we have is we need people. Yes, we want support. We can always use money. But we need people. We need you to people to look in their hearts and see if God doesn't move them into helping. We need mentors. When these guys come out or, and girls, when they come out excuse me it out, pardon me. When they get out of jail, what you'll find is the first 30 to 45 days are absolutely critical. We need mentors, women and men, that they can, that these people can at least contact, that you can give them support, encourage them to come to the meetings. I'm not looking for people to take these people into their houses. What we're looking for are people just to give them support and, and, and tell them, hey, I'm here for you if you need help. The first 45 days, if they get through the 45 days, the recivity rate drops at, at the jail. Right now, the versivity rate is 80%. Eight out of ten inmates come back. And we're not talking murderers, and, and we're not talking serious crimes. We're talking addictive crimes. Thievery, which usually has el- or, or drugs involved. That's why they're stealing. So that's what we're talking about. Thank you very much. Oh, much better. Thank you. Sorry about that. But we need help in those ways, and that's what we're looking for. Um, I'd like to close with, uh, I'd like to read a couple. First of all, before I do that, You know, in the song today, the first song we sang, your love set us free. Jesus' love set me free. And it set all of us free. And there's a lot more people that need to be set free. I'd like to close with Matthew 25, verse 35 to 40. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you? Or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visited you and the king will answer them truly I say to you as you did as you did it to one of the least of these my brethren you did it to me thank you very much god bless thank you john
0: thank you uh, nearby ministry opportunity remember Acts one eight, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be my witnesses right nearby, Jerusalem. It was writing from Jerusalem. Judea, surrounding area. Samaria, a little broader, different people group, and at remote parts of the earth. So if you feel the Spirit of the Lord stirring you to get involved in this ministry, addiction recovery ministry, you need more information. John is here every week, but he'll be here after church with some information to answer your questions. So... Missions Month. That's why we talked about it today. We're spending these weeks talking about empowered, how, what empowered has to do with missions. Week one, we looked at what? Empowered for impossible places. We had Caleb um, Fisher come in here and talk about ministry in Turkey and Iran. And then week two, we looked at empowered family. We looked last week how you can be the one empowered by the Holy Spirit like Suzanne's grandma was to be the one that breaks the chain of addiction, breaks the chain of uh, not knowing the Lord, and sets your whole entire family on a path of knowing Jesus. Next week, we're going to look at Empowered for Transformation. We're going to do that by having Teen Challenge come in here. Teen Challenge will be here with us on on Sunday. They're awesome. If you've ever heard of Teen Challenge, it is a uh, drug and alcohol recovery program all over the world, a couple centers in Wisconsin. Every Memorial Day, we bring them in to celebrate transformed lives. Their people tell stories. It's basically, they sing songs and they tell stories for the service next week. And uh, they have a choir, and um, it's just a, a, a wonderful time. All about em- uh, empowered for transformation. Lives being transformed by Jesus. And then the final week of the month, we'll look at empowered for service. And that's what Pastor Mitch and I are going to talk about the last week of this month. So now today, um, I want to... I, notice I skipped that. I didn't say what we are going to do today. I want to talk about what is... On purpose, been set, kept for the the middle of the month, the heart of this missions month. This idea of being empowered um, to take the gospel around the world, starting in our own families, and spread around the world. I want to talk about the heart of this whole month: empowered mission. And that's what I want to talk about today: empowered mission. You shall receive power, and you shall be my witnesses. Another way of saying that is you shall receive the power of the Holy Spirit and you shall join me on my mission. God's mission to to see people come to know him. See, I hope you realize that God is not just sitting on a cloud somewhere, playing a harp, trying to figure out what he should do with his life. That God has a mission in this world, a very specific mission. And he states it in the Bible incredibly clearly. Jesus explained it to a crowd one day after he had just led a notorious sinner in the community into the kingdom of God, um, he, he leads them in and Jesus says to the crowd, explaining why he just did what he did, he said, listen, in Luke 19, he says, for the Son of Man, referring to himself, has come to seek and to save that which is lost. Jesus says, this is my mission. He explains his mission and our mission But the thing that the Holy Spirit has been sent to empower us to be involved in is seeking and saving lost people. Helping those who don't yet know Jesus come to meet Him as their own Savior and Lord. That's the Holy Spirit's empowered mission that each of us has been included into when you became part of the family of God. Maybe you didn't realize that. If, if you said in your life or you said, you know, Jesus, I recognize I need you. I want you to forgive me of my sins and, and I want to begin this new life, eternal life with you as my Savior and you as my Lord. It's called being born again. If you've done that, what's happened as a, as a part of that is you've been included in now the mission that God has for his family, for his church. That mission of seeking and saving lost people. And what we have been learning from our theme verse in, in Acts 1.8 is that the Holy Spirit empowers us to be involved in the activity of telling others about Jesus, And his role in this big mission is empowering us to do what he wants to do so the mission can be accomplished. Now, that got me thinking this week. As I was thinking about this, I actually had an entire outline um, written out on where I was going to go with this message, but I got to this point thinking about this, and, I, and it made me think what do you guys think about how that works? I thought, what, what does Portview Church think about? What does that mean for the Holy Spirit to empower us to be involved in mission? What, the, what does that look like? What does the Holy Spirit do? You know, How does the Holy Spirit empower me and you and the missionaries around the world that we're talking about um, so that we can be effective and be greatly involved in God's mission of seeking and saving lost people. What's that look like? How, do we, how are we involved with that? And I really was thinking about that. I thought, you know what? We really need to understand this, what this looks like. Otherwise, what happens is we will miss what the Holy Spirit is trying to do through us as he's empowering us to get engaged in the mission, and then we'll miss out on being involved in helping people come to know Jesus. And that would be a tragedy. For you and for the lost people, people who don't know Christ. It'd be a tragedy. You would miss the blessing. You would miss the real reason why you were created by God is to worship Him and participate in His mission. And those who didn't hear because you didn't recognize what's going on around you would not hear the gospel from you, I and mean, hope you'd hear it from somebody else. So, what's the Holy Spirit's empowerment for mission look like? That's what I want us to think about for our for the time we have remaining together today what's the holy spirit's empowerment he says you will receive power when the holy spirit comes upon you so that you can be witnesses what's the holy spirit's empowerment for mission look like well first of all the foundation of it is in a way the way how it looks is in a way that you may simply have not attributed to the holy spirit and i think you could often we could all often overlook and it's this one word Love, love. You see, we know that the fruit of the Spirit within us is revealed as love. In other words, love for others is part of the reality of the Holy Spirit's presence in a person's life. The reason I love others, and you can love others, and by love, what I mean by that, I'm not talking about fluffy feelings. That you just say, oh, I, I feel love. That might, that might be part of it, it might not be part of it. The reason that I love others and you love others, meaning we will the best for others, we want what's best for others, is because the Holy Spirit's effect on us in such a way that we have a love for somebody outside of ourself. Wanting what's best for others is not a natural human thing. Wanting what's best for others is divine. It's a Holy Spirit thing. Listen to this. People don't naturally say, I'm going to take some of what is mine and give it to a stranger. That's not a natural human thing. But enter the Holy Spirit. Involve the Holy Spirit. And people will say crazy things. They'll say, I will sacrifice greatly to help other people. Not only other people that I know, but other people on the other side of the world that I've never even thought of before, even knew existed and I'll never meet. The Holy Spirit is the one who causes us to love others, and that is the foundation of all missions. Loving others to such an extent that you and I will do something, to such an extent that it will even cost us something in order to help other people. It's the result of the love that the Holy Spirit causes to grow within us as we live in relationship with him. The love of the Holy Spirit is why someone who lives in America, which we know statistically is the land of abundance, not saying everybody has abundance, but as a whole we are the land of abundance, why someone who lives in America will leave it all and go to a third world country, live in discomfort and risk their own lives in order to tell others about Jesus. The only reason somebody would do that on purpose and usually at expense to themselves is and not, not receiving anything for going, the only reason people will do that is love of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit-empowered love within them. And the love of the Holy Spirit is why someone who lives in America, which we know tends to be, I'm not saying this is you, tends to be the land of self-indulgence, will give up indulging themselves in order to financially support those who are going um, to those who've not yet heard the gospel. Why would somebody here in a culture that talks about the greatest thing is self-indulgence choose to not indulge themselves and instead take some of that they could have used to indulge themselves and give it away to somebody else who says, I'm willing to go to someone else who does not yet know the gospel. Friends, love is the only reason for that. And love is the only reason why people from Safe Ozaki County or maybe some of you in Sheboygan County, will drive south into the heart of Milwaukee County, which is only 20 miles away, but literally is a different world. We'll do that in order to do something like go to City on a Hills Health Clinic that we do on a regular basis here. Helping and loving people who are in great need. The only reason you would do that is because of love. Wanting to help somebody, wanting to will the best For another person. That's Holy Spirit-inspired and empowered love. So the first way we recognize the Holy Spirit's empowerment in us for missions is by recognizing why it is we feel love for other people, especially those who aren't connected to us. It's easy to say, I feel love for somebody, you know, I love my wife. Because she's the best wife in the world. And it's easy for me to say that. Some of you would disagree with me, but... I'm telling you, um, for me, she's the best wife. It's easy to say why I would love her. But when I, when I have a love for somebody I'm not connected to, the only answer is the Holy Spirit. That's the empowerment and activity of the Holy Spirit within you, drawing you into a, the mission of God, loving what He loves. That's what's going on. You're, you're loving what He loves. He's drawing you into His mission. And you never you maybe not have recognized it before, so the very fact that you feel the sense of love willing the best for other people, is the empowered activity of the Holy Spirit within you, loving what he loves. So that's the foundation of the activity of the Lord in empowered missions ministry. So love is the foundation, but there's so much more. And so another way, I want to talk about three things total today, so the second thing, another way, we recognize the Holy Spirit's empowered activity within us for accomplishing his mission, is by what I want to call divine appointments. So the first one is love. The second one is divine appointments. You see, God, follow this thinking, God has this mission that we're talking about, the mission to seek and to save lost people. People who want to know him, but don't know how. They just don't really know yet. I remember before I knew Jesus that, I knew I needed something, but I didn't know what that something was. And, and I thought I understood religion. I did maybe understand religion, but I didn't understand Jesus. And so people, and this is the, the majority of the world, people who want to know the Lord of the universe, the creator of the world, but don't really know how. So God has that, and God hears them crying out to him. Even though they don't really know who, who he is, they're crying out to him, and he sees their situations, and he knows their pain. Now, God knows something else. God also knows those who are his. He knows those who have met him as Savior and Lord. And the Bible says he knows everything about you if you know him. Matter of fact, he says he knows the very number of hairs on your head. You know, that's how well he know us, knows us. And God knows that the key to helping those who don't yet know him um, come to know Him is by hooking those who know Him already up with those who don't yet know Him, so those who do know Him can lead them to Him. So the Holy Spirit's activity in mission, one of the things He does after inspiring love in our heart, is the Holy Spirit then orchestrates what I want to call divine appointments. Or you could say intersections of life, where the two people, the lost and the found, can meet and the Christian can share about who Jesus is and what Jesus has done in their lives, so that person is an opportunity to come to know Christ. It's like the time um, when the Holy Spirit caused um, Philip, um, his life, to intersect with the life of the Ethiopian eunuch in Acts 8. Let's look at that together. Grab your Bible, turn it to Acts chapter 8, and you're going to see a divine intersection or a divine appointment. The way God operates, remember, this is God's plan fulfilling His mission with His people, an empowered mission right here. So Acts chapter 8, starting in verse 25, it says, So when they had solemnly testified and spoken the word of the Lord, they started back to Jerusalem and were preaching the gospel to many villages of the Samaritans. But an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Get up and go south to the road that descends from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is the desert road. So he got up and he went. And there was an Ethiopian eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure. And he had come to Jerusalem to worship. And he was returning and sitting in his chariot and was reading the prophet Isaiah. Then so it shows he's a religious guy. He's been in Jerusalem trying to figure out the God of the Jews, he maybe probably was a Jewish man, a eunuch in the court of of Candace. Then the Spirit said to Philip, go up and join this chariot. And Philip ran up and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and said, do you understand what you are reading? And he said, well, how could I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now the passage of scripture which he was reading was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb before its shearers is silent, so he does not open his own mouth. In humiliation, his judgment was taken away. Who will relate his generation? For his life is removed from the earth. And the eunuch answered Philip and said, Please tell me, of whom does this prophet say this? Of himself or of someone else? And then Philip opened his mouth and beginning from this scripture he preached Jesus to him. And as they went along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, water! What prevents me from being baptized? And Philip said, If you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he ordered the chariot to stop, and they both went down into the water. Philip, as well as the eunuch, and he baptized him, and when he came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away, and the eunuch no longer saw him. I'm going to stop right there. What's going on here? It's a divine appointment. It is empowered ministry being revealed. It's the kind of way that when the Holy Spirit said, "I'll come upon you with power to be my witnesses," it's one of the ways that the Holy Spirit works. A yet-to-be saved, God-seeking Ethiopian is traveling down the road, and the Spirit of God puts Philip directly into his path. Look at verse 29 says, it says, the Spirit said to Philip, go up and join the chariot. The Spirit is the one who said, I'm going to make this man's life, who does not yet know me, and this man's life, who does know me, I'm going to work out the situations in their life in such a way that they're going to intersect. And as they intersect, it's going to give this man the opportunity to explain to this man how do I come to know the Lord. It's a divine appointment. Friends, the key to accomplishing the mission of seeking to save, saving the lost isn't a great plan. Did you hear what I said? The key to accomplishing God's mission is not a great plan. The key to reaching God, doing God's mission is not You or I having great ability. The key is not you or I having the right amount of education so that we can somehow convince people of who Jesus is. The key of the empowered activity of the Holy Spirit is when the Holy Spirit works through one of the followers of God to accomplish what He wants accomplished. It's like the story I told you about two Sundays ago, when our friend, she was sitting right here, our friend Shelley, was in church with us, visiting from the UP, from the church we planted in Michigan, in, and pastored for a number of years. How we met her at a strategic time in her life. Now, we didn't know it was a, tr- a strategic time in her life. All I knew is I was standing in line um, to get my kids bike registered, and really, just so I could get a free bike helmet. So I was standing in line. That's the real reason I was there. And God somehow orchestrated her life and our lives to intersect. And the result of that um, divine appointment was that we said to her, as we began to talk about our kids and just kind of sense like I should say something to her, said, why don't you bring your kids to our kids' church program? And she did. And as a result, she came to know Jesus and has been serving God now for the best part of 20 years. And the gal she had with her was somebody that she invited to church and she came to know Jesus. It's all about the divine appointments. The key to being part of God's mission wasn't a great plan. It didn't Philip and sit down and say, okay, I think what I should do is I should just sit by this desert road and eventually some guy in a chariot will come by reading the scriptures and I'll go tell him about Jesus. It doesn't work that way. It wouldn't have worked. It wasn't a great plan. It was the empowered activity of the Holy Spirit through one of God's followers. And Let me point something out about that divine appointment, at almost about divine appointments and almost all divine appointments that I've been part of. Unlike Philip, the story with, with Shelley, I didn't realize, and Suzanne didn't realize it was a divine appointment at that time. We didn't sense some unusual presence of the Holy Spirit. There wasn't fog that descended upon us and said, Oh, I've got a divine appointment for you right now. That didn't happen like that. There was some kind of stirring saying, just share this lady and invite her to church. You know? But there was no unusual sense of the Holy Spirit. It was and is simply a continual understanding that our life is always about being on mission. So inviting this lady who we picked up this instantaneous friendship with, just strangers who just got to meet each other, wasting time in line, taking, telling her, saying, hey, you're having problems with your kids? Bring your kids to our church. We have great kids' ministries was natural as natural as breathing because we understand that we're always continually living on mission and we have a heart that's open that's been stirred by the holy spirit so that we love and we will the best for others it's just a result of that because if you have a heart that wills the best for others and now you meet a lady she's talking about having problems with her kids the natural result for you is going to say hey how may i help And in this situation, how we may help was say, "Hey, bring your kids to our kids program." And she did, and the rest is history. She came to know Christ. You know, the point being, these divine appointments—usually you don't know it's a divine appointment when it's going on. You don't have whistles. The Holy Spirit isn't shouting; He's not blowing horns. It's just part of your natural life. And I believe that every person—I believe that every single person that I meet needs Jesus. That's my—I believe that every person from my doctor when I meet him to the lady at the gas station. Every person needs Jesus. I believe their life depends on it. So in love, what do we do? We take action. Knowing that God is arranging divine appointments every day because of his love. So if you recognize this about your life, your life just isn't about you deciding what to do. If you're open to the Spirit and you're living with the Lord in relationship, you understand something today. He will direct your path because He loves that lost person, and He, you're, you've surrendered. You said, "God, I'm Yours." He is every day trying to navigate your life to intersect with somebody else who doesn't yet know Jesus. So that's the second thing. Is He makes He makes divine appointments. So being empowered by the Holy Spirit for missions, they starting to understand what it means to be empowered by the Holy Spirit for mission. Empowered by the Holy Spirit for mission starts with love. It's being aware of God's orchestrating divine appointments in our life, and then this. Lastly, it includes being open to the Holy Spirit's miraculous ministry through you. See, an empowered life is to be a life of what? Power. Look at the square on that on the banner on the wall. M. Power. Right. It's about power. The abundance. An empowered life is to be about power, Holy Spirit power displayed through God's people in order to validate the gospel message. Friends, you take your Bible and you read your Bible, the scriptures are full of this. So in the Bible we find Jesus sitting by a well, and a Samaritan woman approaches him. And Jesus begins a conversation with her, and in time, by a gift of the Holy Spirit, a word of knowledge... Jesus tells the woman all about her life. He says to her, um, you know what? You're right. You've had five husbands, and the man you're living with now is not your husband. How was he able to do that? It was a Holy Spirit-inspired word of wisdom by the Holy Spirit. He shares that with her at that moment. Think of another time. We find Peter and John. They're walking along. They see a man who's lame sitting on the side of the, by a temple. He's begging for alms. Peter says, silver and gold have I none, but what I have to you in the name of Jesus, rise and walk. And he prays for the man. And the man is healed um, who was sitting outside, of, outside the temple. That man was miraculously healed. Now, think about those two stories and many other like them in the scriptures. In both of these cases, the Holy Spirit did a miraculous work and then, after that, people were told the gospel and some people responded to receive Christ. That woman at the well became a follower of Jesus. He, she said, I guess you're the Messiah. And it says she went back to her village and she told everybody. And they came and they, they heard her and they said, he's the Messiah. But then it says a little later, it says, and then a bunch of them all heard Jesus and says, now we believe because we met him, not just because we, told, we know about you. So he, he does a miracle in her life. Basically reading her mail, telling her about her life of rebellion against God. And as a result, she comes to know him. And then other people come to know him. Also, after that lame man who was sitting on the, on the floor that Peter prays for, the lame man was healed. It caused such a stir because this man rises up and he jumps up. He'd been sitting there lame forever. And he starts jumping and leaping and praising God, it says. And it caused such a stir that people said, what's going on here? And Peter stands up to the crowd to explain the whole gospel And the scripture reports that about 3,000 people that day began to follow Jesus Christ as a result of that. See, empowered ministry is about power. The power of the Holy Spirit displayed through God's people in order to validate the gospel message. See, we love to hear stories from our missionaries about how God is doing miraculous things around the world. And as a result, people are finding Jesus. We say, oh, isn't that awesome? I love to hear about what's going on. But friends, we need to understand that that isn't just something for over there. That's just not something for some other place. The Holy Spirit wants to do miraculous things through you and me so that the gospel um, that you share will be validated. So here's my challenge to you. As someone who says, I want to be an empowered person by the Spirit uh, joining in mission, my, my challenge is this, be bold. Pray for the sick. Share a word of knowledge that the Holy Spirit gives to you. That's being involved in empowered mission. When you meet somebody at work and they're, and they're feeling ill, don't be crazy. Don't start, well, I'm going to pray for you right now. Say privately, would it be okay if I prayed for you? They'll usually say yes to that. Then maybe say this, how about if I prayed with you? And they go, okay. Suzanne, doesn't it work all the time? You sit there, don't draw attention to yourself, you don't make a big deal, but you lay your hand on them, or maybe you go in a break room or something, or you wait till after work, and you pray for somebody. You know, she had a cool thing where a lady said to her recently, she said, you know what, because of your influence, I'm going back to church. And so it's a friend of mine's church, so I called him and I said, we get a, we get a, a residual. Because Suzanne's... And, then, and there's another two ladies that are now going back to a different church and said, we're going back, and that's another friend of mine's church. I'm like, what's going on here? You're, you're repopulating all those churches. But it's all co-workers of her, hers at work. Why? Because you're saying, can I pray with you? and Can I help you? Or you have a sense that God wants to give them a special encouragement. So you write them a note and you slip it to them and you give it to them. Friends, that's spirit-empowered ministry. That's being involved in the, in the empowered mission. It's being available to the Holy Spirit for his activity. Now, There's one more point that I need to make about this before we close. Matter of fact, without this point, none of the rest of it will work. There's a key to this being a reality. If you're saying, I want to be involved in the empowered mission, and here's the deal, you are called and created by God to be part of his empowered mission if you're in his family. The key to being part of the Holy Spirit-empowered mission is this. It's honestly having a regular and a daily walk with Jesus. Will we learn to listen. To that still small voice inside of us. The voice of the Holy Spirit. Will we learn to just spend time. With Jesus. Not, not to earn any favor. Not to check off a checklist. That says I did devotions. Or I read my Bible. No. Those disciplines are all part of it. But it's all about saying I just want to be with Jesus. And Holy Spirit I just want to open up to you. Every day. It's just not a Sunday morning thing. It's an every morning thing. It's an every lunch thing. It's an every dinner thing. It's a sense that I'm walking with Jesus. Again, it's not being goofy or fruity. It's just recognizing that you're walking with the Creator every day and you're, you have an attentiveness to His reality. See, you will only hear His voice prompting you to pray for someone if you're learning to daily listen. And we can only be moved into a divine appointment if we are honestly connected to Christ so that he can direct us away from our own plan and into his plan. You know, that day with the bikes, my plan was to get out of there and get going. You know, get the free bike helmet and get out of here. Got a different plan. Her name was Shelly. We spent extra time with Shelly and Shelly came to know Jesus. But that only happens when you're living in a daily walk with Christ where he can navigate you into a different way because you're open. We'll only love those that he loves as we ask the Holy Spirit to fill our lives with his presence, as replace the old junk in our life with his presence and his love. Friends, the key is a life of being with and enjoying Jesus daily. And church, if your life isn't moving in that direction, I'll just say this without cynicism or sarcasm, I'm just telling you you're going the wrong way. And I'd be remiss to not say then you're going the wrong way. God has so much more for you than this world could ever offer. He wants to give you himself and he wants to amaze you. As you are involved in his activity in this world, there's no way you ever understand his presence more and feel his activity more and his and his reality more than when you are engaged in his, in his mission. There's no way of ever experiencing him greater. See the order matters. We learn to just be with him. And then he manifests himself. Through us. It's like Jesus said to Simon and Andrew. At the seashore. When he just met them. He said this in Mark chapter 1 verse 17. He said follow me. And I will make you become fishers of men. Look at the order. He says first follow me. Be with me. And then. I will empower you to be involved in my mission of catching men, bringing them into the kingdom. The order matters. So church, you know what? The greatest thing that I can challenge you to do so that we are greatly involved in empowered missions ministry, locally, regionally, and globally, is that we'd be a people who daily spend time with Jesus and allow his heart to replace the old crusty heart that comes from the world and allow His things that He loves to become the things that we love. That's the greatest thing we could ever do. We're going to close today by inviting the Holy Spirit to involve us in His mission. The very first point I made today was that the Holy Spirit gives us a love to go to people, to lost people, and He gives us a love to send those people who are called to go to to other places to to enable them to go by, by financing them. And I want to take a minute to give the Holy Spirit an opportunity to speak to us about He would what He would like any of us to do this year as part of our missions program. If you guys know we're in the, the month of May is the month of missions and we celebrate missions and it's it's one of the objectives is to stir our hearts but also to ask God, God, how would you want me to partner with you this year? God, you've blessed me, you've given me abundance. What would you like me to begin to contribute to missions for our church. No pressure, matter of fact, nobody will ever check you on it. This is not a pressure thing. This is not a, Mark, a Pastor Mark thing twisting arms at all. Matter of fact, if you feel pressured, I don't want you to do anything. I want the Holy Spirit to simply say to our church, this is how I want you to be involved in my activity. And so I'm just going to pray in a minute and, and uh, ask you that if you're ready to fill out your faith promise pledge cards, and I know if you're from around here been doing this every year, you know how to do it. Just fill that out. They're in your bulletins. Fill that out. And in a moment, I'm going to invite you, if you want, to come and to, to place them in this basket. I know some of you put them in the offering already. Place them in the basket. And then also, over the next two weeks, three weeks, you can just put them in the offering anytime. But, but I, this is an act of just of, uh, of celebration. If you're ready to fill them out today, I want you to, to just open up your heart and then fill them out and come and place them here at the basket at the front of the church. So let's pray together. Holy Spirit. I thank you that you have a mission. That you have a ministry in this world. That Lord, you've invited us into it. That we are all recipients of that mission. That somebody who knew you told us about you. And that God, now you are calling us to be part of that same mission. For some, it's to be involved in a, a drug and alcohol rehab program to help you break addiction chains. And, and that's awesome. And Lord, for some, it's To literally leave this place and go to a people group who really has zero access to the Gospel. they go to those places like Turkey and Iran and and all those different places in the world. God, you're speaking to hearts to do that. There's no other reason why somebody would want to go. And God, if they want to go then obviously you're going to stir your church to send them there. And God, I thank you that as a church, we're such an incredibly generous church that we so abundantly give to to support missions around the world and around the community. So, Lord, now I ask this, that you would speak to our hearts, that you would show us, God, what you want us to do for world missions that Father whatever you want even if it's a, it's a stretch there's that little voice inside of us saying here's what I want you to do and we go yeah I don't know if I can do that God that we'd make a, a faith commitment to you and say we're going to try this is what I feel I should do and I'm, as long as you'll supply God I'll do it So, Father Holy Spirit speak to us And Lord, as we as we just make this act of of worship and and lay this as an offering before you, I pray after that, Lord, as we go off into into our our brunch afterwards for boys and girls missionary challenge, that God we just have a wonderful time enjoying Your goodness. Lord, thank You that we have a chance to to be a blessing in there and to support our kids as they learn about missions and learn to work. Uh, so that they can be the you. So Father, thank you for being so good to us today. I pray your blessings upon each and every one. And as we go into into the breakfast, Lord, just bless that time. Bless our, our food and all those who prepared it, God. Thank you for your goodness.
1: Amen. Amen. God bless you. Why don't you stand with me?